Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. My name is Sam Watson. I'm an 18-year-old entrepreneur from North London and I'm super excited to be sharing this podcast with you today where I'm talking to Louis Bollard, the founder of Host of Fan, which is a platform where rugby fans can accommodate each other on away days. There's no need to book a hotel. It saves you a ton of money. We're going to be talking about how he attracted a user base, the impact of COVID on Host of Fan, the future of his organisation and his advice for young entrepreneurs. I've also got some really exciting podcast news to share with you. We've now been listening to 12 countries across the world which is amazing thank you so much we've also got a website now egzpod.com where we post insights contact info for guests like the linkedin stuff like that um articles and more previews um but yeah if you could leave a five-star review wherever you're listening from if you do enjoy the show that would be fantastic but yeah i hope you enjoy hi louis how are you Hi Sam, yeah I'm very well thank you, how are you? Yeah I'm good thank you, um, so as I was talking about in the introduction, um, I was talking about Host of Fan and I was just wondering if you could give a bit more information on you know, what that is. Yeah so Host of Fan is a community of rugby supporters who host each other on their away trips, um, so I'm trying to really build on this idea of one big rugby family um, and instead of paying for a hotel or accommodation costs when supporters go away from home they save a local supporter instead. That's really cool, actually. You know, I'm a rugby fan as well, so I really appreciate that. I think that's a sick idea. Um, you touched on it briefly, but what, what made you start um, Host of Fan? Yeah, I started it. Um, there was a couple of things, really. It, this concept of fans hosting traveling supporters had happened already in the Lions Tour in 2017. Um, I was actually running another business at that time, so it kind of piqued my interest, but it wasn't something I could jump into. But it reminded me of a website that I'd used for cycle tourists. Um, I was in Switzerland in 2016 and I was wanted to cycle back over to the UK. And I used a platform called Warm Showers, which was staying with fellow cyclists who put you up when you're on a, on a cycle tour. Really recommend it to anyone um, who's listening. I had an amazing experience. Saved me, obviously, a lot of money on accommodation. But the main thing that I kind of tell people about and that you write home about is the actual experience at the end of the day um, and having that kind of somebody to speak to, to build rapport with someone that you've got a common interest with. And I really thought to myself, right, how can you kind of utilize that in other areas, both within sport and then outside of sport? And initially I started off with a community for rugby and football supporters, um, quite quickly realized to focus in on one of those two. And I went with rugby. Um, rugby's got more of that kind of family environment. And yeah, there's a few few various reasons which I can go into, but that was the the main goal. So we spoke about this off air, um, but you spoke about that you started Host of Fan right before COVID. How did you manage to keep Host of Fan afloat and what was the impact of COVID on your business? Yeah, obviously, I always say there's kind of three industries that were really badly affected by COVID and it was travel, hospitality and sport. And to be honest, my Host of Fan really combined all three of those. So you couldn't have picked a worse side to do it or a worse business to be in. But at the same time, I was small enough that I was able to be nimble, to be agile, to not let it affect me massively in the sense of like I didn't have loads of employees. I didn't have lots of bills going out and all the rest of it. I didn't have to restructure or anything like that. So I did quite a lot in that period. I built the new website, which you can see today. I built I kind of pivoted the brand. I also had my own personal illness, which was a bit of a setback as well. Um, but it was quite a yeah tumultuous period. And there was just that in- uncertainty hanging over. 
um, the supporters, myself, everything really. Um, and coming out of that, I think it pre- presents a really good opportunity to get people back together, get people enjoying going on away trips again, get that sense of community and camaraderie and stuff like that uh, going. So, yeah, although it wasn't perfect, I think it, it, I'm quite a big believer that everything happens for a reason. I was unable to do the MBA at Bath as well. So that only came about because of COVID and I was then doing that alongside running a business. So, um, yeah, it wasn't ideal, but I think, like I say, everything happens for a reason and kind of ready to and raring to go as are the supporters really now. I was speaking on on episode two. I spoke to James Bromfield, um, and he was talking about how he started his startup um, during COVID. You know, how easy was it to build um, host a fan after you know lockdown and everything kind of opened up again? Luckily, it gave me the chance to improve on the technology and the system side and the brand and the process side before actually marketing it. The big thing for me was I just couldn't really market it out there with any real confidence and conviction. So. It was more on the marketing side that I wasn't able to to really push it. Behind the scenes, you're able to do stuff. You're able to learn all of these things that you don't necessarily learn when doing um, a degree or when in school. So, yeah, like I said, it was it was certainly challenging. It was difficult to a certain degree, but it also presented an opportunity almost out of the firing line, if you like, to go and build the website, to hone in on who your target market is, um, to you know, limit costs to a certain degree while you can't really um, expand or market the business. Uh, you spoke about general challenges just there. Uh, what, was, what was your biggest challenge, would you say? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge for me was in terms of the technology side. So I'm not necessarily a technological or a technical co-founder. Um, I don't really specialise in that, but I then built the platform myself. I explored what platforms are out there for building a community in the sense that I wanted to. I made a checklist of what features I wanted from the profile, which came from speaking to customers and speaking to supporters myself, um, and then went about building the platform myself. So I've done most of that myself. I've used a few freelancers, but just getting my head around a lot of the technology there was one of the big challenges for me. It's not, like I say, it's not really my skill set. It still isn't, um, but I've learned on the job. And when I was looking back a couple of days ago, I was just like, it actually amazed me how much I'd learned in that period. So I think that was perhaps my biggest challenge. And then obviously marketing it, trying to get people to trust the sense of going away, travel, staying with other people um, during the cloud of COVID, which I think I'm only just in the last month or so really seeing clear. Um, so yeah, there are a couple of challenges there, but that's what you expect when you're in a business. I know the host of fan isn't your only business. You've had lots of other startups. You describe yourself as a serial entrepreneur on your LinkedIn. Um, you know, what, what, what in, in your pre- experience of previous startups, what worked and, and what didn't? Yeah, I think the, the life of an entrepreneur generally is just a lot of trial and error. It's fighting fires. It's hurdles that you don't foresee, as we've touched upon a little bit. In terms of previous startups, I ran a, a, a small protein business just before Host a Fan, um, and that was a really good experience. Ran that for a couple of years from literally no sales to um, circa about 15,000 sales a month, um, which was really good experience to see. It There we learned a lot. We failed fast, but we learned fast, um, and I was in charge of then rebranding the whole thing even coming up with a whole new recipe and design, manufacture, supply, um, 
we did everything from start to finish. So that was a real, real steep learning curve. In terms of what worked and what didn't, I think you've always got to really immerse yourself in the market first. I think that first six months or 12 months before you've got going really um, is very much like a market learning, market research phase. And that's the same with host fan in all reality. Um, so I've learned loads on that. I've even, I don't know if you're aware, but I read, change a name i pivoted from playway stayaway um to host a fan and just loads of learning from just going out there speaking to customers speaking to who you plan to use your website people who already do use your products um and yeah potential customers i think that's really key so that's one thing to really shorten that um test and trail trial and error phase really so you've kind of uh, touched upon how host a fan has evolved what's what's the future before host a fan yeah, I'm just at the stage now where I'm really trying to market it, getting people using it, getting people staying, um, the feedback from people both in terms of concept who haven't used it, but then also who have used it is overwhelmingly positive. So my long-term goal is to create these communities um, and sub-communities of like-minded people who offer hosting to one another for cultural ex- experiences. So that is for now obviously focused on rugby and I find it quite interesting because there are quite a few models out there below the obvious Airbnb Um, and by the way I think Airbnb are moving continuously more towards a hotel fully fledged service offering which I think is deliberate on their part but um, unfortunately it goes so far away from where they started out in terms of you know a real sense of local culture when you go on an away trip or um, go traveling so I'm trying to bring that back, reconnect people, especially when there's that common interest there. So I think you can do it in rugby. Um, Further down the line, I'd plan to do it in football as well. And that might sound quite funny because a lot of people say, oh, it wouldn't work in football. And that's one of the most common things I hear. But there's two things to that. One thing is that it has already worked in football. So again, there's been an impromptu exchange of of fans. Um, The second thing, and probably most significantly, is that most of the rivalries in football, most of the animosity that you see is based on geographic location anyway. So they're not the kind of games that you would envisage people traveling for and staying over the night for anyway, like Liverpool, Manchester, um, Leeds, Man United, for example, stuff like that. Whereas this, I think, would be ideal for your major international tournaments, your major games, um, Champions League, Europa League, those kind of fixtures. And then maybe further down the line, you'd look at targeting more domestic fixtures. It might be Southampton up at Newcastle, that kind of um, game. But that would be the the strategy. And then beyond that, I think there's other sports that you can go into. So cricket, for example, with the Ashes Tours, um, loads of other sports. And then also outside of sports. So one of the ideas I've got in the pipeline is to do the same for photography, um, create this community of photographers, amateur photographers who are happy to host one another. Um, and I think there you really get the cultural and the um experiential side is quite valuable because as a amateur photographer you normally don't really know the lay of the land in the place that you're going to so i think having a local to show you around and show you where to take the best photos from is is really valuable there um so yeah that would be the the longer plan um again a language learning element there are quite a few even on a religious basis i think you could connect people um who would have an implicit higher level of trust with people based on a a shared common belief or faith you spoke about marketing there and from my own experience of working within companies or a company which i've spoken about on previous podcasts there are so many avenues to market a product or a service what worked best for you 
Yeah, really great question. I think for me, um, I've written quite a bit about this as well. I did one of my MBA modules on it, was almost anti the digital marketing uh, kind of phenomenon, let's say. Loads of people go on about that. But it's just, for me, I think as a startup, it's a dangerous way to just leak money, leak cash. Um, and we don't really see massive returns on it. People go for the ego trip to get revenue in. But really, is your kind of lifetime customer value higher than the cost of acquisition of that customer? And that's something I've learned the hard way. Not to say it can't be done, but I just think you have to have a really strategic and hone in on a, on a really strong um focus point and know what you're doing essentially for me i really to be honest i just go out there and speak to supporters so i think you've got to be unashamed of doing that as an entrepreneur i'll go on a match day on a rugby game to pubs where i know the supporters are going to be whether that be on trains um, pubs in and around the grounds and literally just present the idea try and get people to sign up if it's not really the environment to get people to sign up which sometimes it isn't just give out a flyer tell them a little bit about it um, and encourage them to do it in their own time when they can that has mixed results to be honest because like from my experience everyone takes a flyer and they say oh i'll have a look at that and oh that sounds great no matter how much they like it it very seldom it's very rarely then converts into an actual user joining the platform the next week so the next phase, I think, is to work more strategically with the clubs themselves to try and get some links, to try and get some access to supporters who are definitely going from A to B um, and vice versa from B to A and just make those connections a bit more manually um, to get a bigger number of people using it and then rely on the the most effective form of advertising for something like this is word of mouth as soon as people know that their friends are doing it or somebody else has saved 200 quid or 300 quid on a hotel room um there'll be an automatic kind of shift towards it so it's just getting that word of mouth effect um and also being ready for when that comes so you were speaking about being a founder of host of founder that what are the major lessons you've learned of founding a startup yeah i think you're you're learning every day really like there's so much to learn um as I touched upon before, a lot of my learning has been technical because I've not really been involved with building a website and a platform and a community before. So I've learned massively on that. I've learned loads about the target market, how to approach those. Messaging is one that I've just literally today I was reflecting on my messaging. So initially my messaging was targeted very much on the cost saving of, you know, you're going to this city. Did you know accommodation prices might be £200? You can save that by staying with a fan. And really learning quite quickly whether that lands or not. And now I've changed that messaging into a bit more of a positive kind of altruistic approach where you're saying, you know, this is the rugby family. We're all one big community. And this is the ultimate of that, really. The the climax of that is, you know, staying at another fan's house and having a great experience with them. So more positive messaging in that sense. And I think there's loads of angles that go, go with that. One of the key learnings, this is a really simple one for you, um, was literally on the name change. So it's called Play Away, Stay Away. I thought that had a good ring. I thought, um, you know, it says what it does on the tin to a certain degree. When you play away, you stay away. Um, but as you probably may know, a lot of supporters knew that that was, had connotations with, cheating with having an affair and that kind of angle so I quite quickly changed I spoke to branding uh, design director and that was one of the first things he said to me he said I really like what you're doing I really like the website the concept everything's strong he said I just look at the name and within about a week I've gone you know what I definitely need to change that name and we went to host a fan and that seems to have really resonated a lot more with people um, linked to that is the idea of like a brand icon 
So now I've got like the H, which is quite a distinctive brand icon. And again, it's not necessarily risk-taking or um, major failures. It's just all a learning curve. Um, I wouldn't say I've particularly punted all of my kind of, you know, business on any particular decision at this stage. It's all just small iterations. Um, so yeah, hopefully that gives you a bit of an insight into some of the learning. So one of the things when I was reading over like about your achievements and stuff, you pitched and were interviewed by Peter Jones. I'm a massive fan of Dragon's Den. So immediately I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. What was your experience of pitching to and being interviewed by Peter Jones? Oh, it was a while ago now. So it, it was very, I, I feel like I didn't do very well, if I'm honest. Um, he'd probably be, if he, if he remembered at all, he'd probably kind of say that himself. Um, I'd built it up so much and I kind of prepared and I was so ready for it, but I think I just had quite a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and I was only like 18 at the time. So it was, it was a great experience to do. Um, he was very supportive. He had four or five business associates in the room as well, who were quite, um, tough with their questions, let's say, but, to being able to do that at a young age now, I feel like I'd, I'd be a lot more confident doing it now um, and deliver a much better pitch. That's partly learning, that's partly experience, it's partly just kind of life, I guess. Um, but yeah, really good, really grateful to have had the opportunity to do that. Um, to work, I then worked with Peter for a year after that, so that was quite good um, with the Enterprise Academy and the, the foundation. That's awesome. Um so obviously you started as an entrepreneur very young. What would your advice be for a young entrepreneur who wants to get started, who has that idea and they, you know, they want to see it take off? I think the first thing is just to take that first step. I think as an entrepreneur, you'll always admire people who've done that. Um, and that might be like a bit yourself with this podcast. You've at least done it. You're not just saying, oh, I've got an idea or one day I'd like to do this. You've taken that first step of actually giving it a go. And that's the biggest hurdle, really, that most people don't overcome. So that's the first one. And then just learn fast. So as I alluded to, I've learned very fast. I'm always learning. I would say in this context, I'm quite a fast learner. Um, I've almost learned how to be a fast learner to realize when things need changing, um, respond to what people are saying, and also take hints from small kind of responses so that's quite hard to explain but what i mean by that is if two or three people are saying it then it's likely that 200 or 300 beyond that would be saying it if they saw the same things so again like with the messaging on my website that was a key thing there the same with the brand uh name change so yeah learn fast give it your go um and also there's no harm in failing like my first business that i really ran while i was at the peter jones enterprise academy didn't really work it wasn't really successful but i learned a couple of key reasons why that was and then in my second business it worked a lot more i made a lot more money from it and i'd say that was a lot more successful so it's all just one big steep learning curve i guess so I know there's going to be people listening who want to get in contact with you, uh, who want to get in contact or, uh, you know, get involved with Hostafan. How can they reach you and how can they get involved with Hostafan? Yeah, that'd be great. I'm more than happy for, for people to have a little um, look to create profiles on the website. Um, the website address is www.hostafan.co. I'm also on LinkedIn as I think that's where you found me. So you can search for Louis Bollard on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I'm happy for you to, to get in touch. The email address is louis at hostafan.co. Um, have a little look at the website, contact me. Um, happy to 
help anyone out there who's who's thinking of giving it a go to kind of coach or um, have my verdict on any ideas that come over, that's fine by me. All right, Louis. Um, I think that just about wraps up for today. Um, thank you so much for coming on. It's been super interesting. Um, I, for one, are definitely going to be using Host of Fan on my next away day. Um, it's going to save me a lot of money. So thank you for letting everyone know about that. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, and make sure to check out our socials. We're at Enterprising Gen Z Pod on Instagram. And we've also got LinkedIn. And we've also got a website now, which I was talking about in the introduction, www.egzpod.com. Um, so go and check that out. Uh, we post loads of preview content, articles, guest information. So definitely check that out. Also, I'll see you next week with another brand new episode. Um, I'll post more about that on the Instagram uh, and release the guests a couple of days before the show happens. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. If you've enjoyed, please leave a five-star review wherever you're listening from. It genuinely helps us attract a bigger audience uh, and show our worth as a podcast. So if you could do that, that would be fantastic. It genuinely helps so much. Um, But yeah, thank you so much and I'll see you next week with another great episode.